Chapter 12, Part A of Organic Evolution. This is a LibriVox recording, and all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Don Evans. Organic Evolution by Richard Swan Lull. Chapter 12, Part A orthogenesis and kinetogenesis of the various hypotheses to account for the origin of species which are opposed or supplemental to the darwinian factor of natural selection two stand out sharply as possibly of great importance if their truth can be finally proved the host of facts which can be offered in favor of each is to a certain extent apparently nullified by other well-attested truths so the matter stands sub judici, the final proof resting upon impartially conducted experiments and observations extending through years to come. Of these hypotheses, that of orthogenesis stands first, although, as we shall see, all theories to account for the phenomena included within its scope are not in accord. Orthogenesis orthogenesis is the theory that variations and hence evolutionary change occur along certain definite lines impelled by laws of which we know not the cause this theory has arisen mainly from the difficulty of explaining the beginnings of advantageous modifications or of new organs by the selection of individual variations occurring in every direction of change it is evident that unless a structure appealed at once in a degree of development to give it a selection value, it would be difficult to account for its beginning. But the very teaching of the Neo-Darwinians postulates the selection of minute Darwinian variations and not such saltations as the idea just advanced would imply. Then there are also recorded apparent instances of the existence of determinate variation such as those along fixed and apparently not advantageous lines. And the definite cases of overdevelopment of parts beyond the point of advantage, even to such unfavorable degrees as lead to individual death and extinction. Paleontology reveals to us repeated instances of the development of characters which lead on to extinction, so that when such features as huge unwieldy size, as in the sauropod dinosaurs, the growth of excrescences as those of the armored and horned dinosaurs, and later in time of the Irish stag, the uncoiling of the shell-bearing cephalopods, ammonites and sautiloids, the fixation of the crinoids, all of which are examples of development along disadvantaged lines, or to disadvantaged degrees, are observed in a race, the wholesale thinning of the ranks, if not racial death, may be confidently predicted. But natural selection postulates racial improvement and the development of advantageous, not disadvantageous, structures hence the theory of orthogenesis has been proposed to account for the latter as well as the former orthogenesis contrasted with orthoselection at first sight the advocates of orthogenetic development seem to be making a distinction wherein there is no real difference between it and descent governed by selection 
for it is evident that selection also produces orthogenetic evolution that is evolution along certain definite lines in fact it can produce no other kind of evolution where such is the result of the selection eliminating through the rigor of selective struggle all other lines of variation the result may be called orthoselection whereas in true orthogenesis the lines of variation and hence the lines of modification are predetermined it is at once apparent however to any natural selectionist that sooner or later selection will determine the fate of these lines of development but it is precisely in the making of a start in modification that orthogenesis fills an imperative want and if capable of proof should be gladly received by the darwinians as an important auxiliary theory in the explanation of modification species forming and descent that's by kellogg resume of evidence for orthogenesis plate's resume of the facts or phenomena which may be looked on as positive evidence for orthogenesis although plate cautiously notes that some of these may be only phenomena of orthoselection has thus been rendered in abstract by kellogg there are six categories one parallelisms in variation analogous or parallel variations have been recognized ever since darwin's time he having recorded many examples of them they are variations of undoubtedly similar character which often appear in different branches of the same large group comparative anatomy has revealed many examples to show that modifications in a definite or determinate direction may be seen in all the subgroups of a large family although appearing in varying degree in different species examples are the total reduction of the hind toes among the artiodactyls which has continued in several genera such as the giraffe the camel and prongbuck that's the antillo capra a still more remarkable instance would be the parallelism which existed between the pseudo horses of south america and the true horses of the northern hemisphere both lines showing a three and finally a one-toed condition owing to the progressive shortening of the lateral digits and proportional strengthening of the middle one in this case the relationship is quite remote although both races belong to the ungulate group two over specializations the numerous excessive structures which are developed far beyond the limits of usefulness such for example are the tusks of the wild hog that's the babirusa alfurus the huge horns of the bighorn sheep or the enormously elongated and slender neck of several weevil or snout beetles like apoderus tenuis simus one of the dolphins mesoplodon has a mouth which be opened but a little way when the animal is full grown because a lower tooth grows around the upper jaw on either side such excessive structures which have probably contributed to the extinction of many former species included among others the tusks of the columbian mammoth and the antlers of the irish deer number three constitutional limitations on variation Quote, the constitution or actual chemical composition of the body permits in many cases changes only in a few directions Unquote. 
the breeder of animals or plants may not always produce any desired form or color Quote, no one has yet succeeded in producing a blue mybloom a grass with divided leaves a hen with a parrot's beak unquote. and we can be confident that a notochord can never appear in a beetle the fact that an animal belongs to a group renders the possibilities of variation distinctly sometimes very narrowly limited Quote, plate does not mention in this connection the fact that some biologists have seen in this restriction of the range of variation which inevitably accompanies specialization in the development of animal groups an important factor in the determination of lines of descent cope gave much importance to this factor and very recently rosa attributes to this quote, progressive reduction of variability unquote, a large importance in the dying out of old species and the origin of new ones number four quote, by the correlations which bind each organ to others the range of variation is also restricted unquote. number five facts from paleontology supporting orthogenesis many facts of paleontology seem to prove the existence of orthogenetic evolution wherever sufficient material permits the working out of a phyletic series we always see a comparatively limited number of lines of development which except for occasional lateral branches run essentially in straight lines in gradational steps such for example are seen in the fossil horses number six quote, the phyletic series of recent species also show where we are able to trace them distinctive single lines of development Unquote. All these quotes from Kellogg. Osborne's Rectigradations. The paleontologist Osborne, in 1910, is also an advocate of orthogenetic evolution, for in discussing the origin of new characters, he says, quote, First, that such organs are adaptive in direction from the beginning. The cusps of the teeth of mammals offer a peculiarly advantageous field of observation because they are born complete, and unlike most other organs of the body, they do not depend upon ontogeny, that is, usage, for their original perfection of form. In fact, ontogeny and environment destroy rather than perfect them. In seventeen orders of mammals, in thousands of species, and in millions of individuals, a very limited number of similar cusps arise in the teeth. The number is eleven in all. So far as observed, one, they rise independently, two, they rise gradually, three, they rise adaptively. Hence I have termed them rectigradations, that is, rising continuously, orthogenetically, in definite or straight lines, and finally reaching a condition in which they may be considered adaptive. This phenomenon I first observed in the teeth and later in the origin of horns. Second, that such origins are predetermined by hereditary kinship. This statement, or rather hypothesis, is supported by observations of two kinds. Without interbreeding, animals of similar kinship, near or remote, in different parts of the world, originate independently similar characters. For example, the Eocene equidae involve the same cusps in the grinding teeth simultaneously in Switzerland and in the American Rocky Mountain region. Third, 
that such predetermination is due to a similarity of hereditary potential that is to say that animals of similar kinship do not continuously evolve in certain directions but merely transmit a similar potentiality in the origin of new characters this both renders possible the occurrence of certain characters and conditions and limits these characters when they do occur for example in a certain series of extinct mammals we can predict where a new cusp will arise before its actual occurrence unquote. Kinetogenesis. Cope's theory of kinetogenesis, or mechanical genesis, has been accepted so widely, especially by paleontologists and pathologists, that it should be studied in some detail, with the vital objections thereunto. The word kinetogenesis is thus defined, quote, the doctrine or hypothesis that animal structures have been produced directly or indirectly by animal movements, unquote. Cope's arguments, especially as applied to the vertebrates, are based upon the following. Quote, the vertebrates present two distinct advantages. First, we have a more complete paleontologic series. Second, we have the best opportunity for observation and experiment on their growth processes, since we ourselves and our companions of the domesticated animals belong to this branch of the animal kingdom. Unquote. End of chapter 12, part A. Recording by Don Evans. www.lazuli.com.